0: This episode of No Made Athlete Radio is brought to you by Myro. Myro is a subscription-based deodorant that comes in a refillable case, keeping you smelling good and helping the environment. For fifty percent off your first order for only a five dollar total purchase with the discount, visit mymyro.com/no_meat and enter promo code No Meat.
1: Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem.
0: Hi, this is Katie from Washington D.C. and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Doug, you know I've been uh, kind of excited about new habits recently, right? And kind of re- reinvigorated, re-inspired to, you know, create habits, build good habits, read about habits, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I have noticed that, and, and my guess is the listeners have too, because we've kind of been doing a lot of habit stuff. Recently. Yeah, we've done several episodes about that,
0: and, and honestly, I think we, I think we should do more because I, I keep getting new fun ideas about them. But yeah. anyway, um, I've been, I've been doing them with my kids, and not just recently. I've been trying to do this. This is something that. Uh, for some reason, I never got this as a kid. I guess, I guess the, the emphasis on habits is kind of a new thing. Um, but like I've said before, like I never really got the, I never got motivated to practice things. I, I was, you know, a decent athlete at different things and just did them, but I kind of always assumed you're as good as, you know, your, your inborn talent and that's kind of your level and you you work with that and that's kind of it. But I've, the all the new thinking is that so much depends on your practice and how much you train and how much you work and basically developing good habits of training. Um, so I've been doing it with my kids and and my daughter, Ellery, who was she has turned five this year. She's in gymnastics, and she's actually pretty good at it. And um, I had her... What I did was she she wanted to do, be able to do a split, and she couldn't nearly do a split when we started this. She was you know several inches off the ground still. And I told her that as soon as she could do it, she would earn a prize and we picked it out it was an lol surprise doll which is which is this i don't want to get into what what it is it's this <laughs> surprise thing that you buy in this huge giant egg with all this extra packaging and it comes with a million little pieces including one or two little mini dolls and anyway um so yesterday she did it she or this week she did it she she sent me a picture from gymnastics with her doing the split because she works on it every day for like a few minutes and just does it in the carpet so she can do a full split now which i can't dream of doing and she did it. And then I had to get the reward. And she, we were ready to get it. And then she said, no, it's actually this other thing. So instead of the $30 LOL surprise dial, it's this $60 Hatchimals. You know what Hatchimals are, dog? Are you into that yet?
1: <laughs> no, I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> it's, you got to
0: watch more YouTube unboxing. You'll, you'll figure it all out. <laughs> yeah. It's some kind of huge egg. I don't know. I'm kind of mixing it up because I think the LOL thing comes in eggs too. And you just like dissolve those in water. The hatchimal you like punch at it or break at it or something. Eventually the egg breaks and you get a pet or something out of it. I don't know. <laughs> but she but she moved the goalposts in the middle of the competition. At some point she she claims oh, wow. she told me that she wanted this instead, and then I said yes, which is possible. It's possible that I was you know you know didn't really pay attention and said yeah sure. Uh, so anyway, it was a great experiment. I was so so proud that it actually worked and that it made her. Well, not made her, but, you know, encourage her to do this thing and then did it. And then, so she has this new reference in her brain of I couldn't do this and then I really wanted to. So I worked at it each day and now I could do this. And I just think that's such a great lesson. I'm extremely proud of that. But uh, anyway, I told her for the next challenge, we're going to write down what the prize is at the beginning. So that there's no <laughs> confusion. And uh, my son is working on the same, the same thing. In fact, I thought he would get his challenge first, but he had his challenge was could he juggle a tennis ball with his feet ten times? Which is pretty hard to do. It's like to juggle a soccer ball ten times. Yeah, to juggle a soccer ball ten times took him a long time to get to be able to do that. But now he can do it a bunch. And to so the next level of hardness, well, several levels harder, is do it with a tennis ball. And uh, anyway, he'll he'll win a soccer ball when he when he does it. This certain kind of ball, because you know God knows we need more soccer balls. We have so many balls. But <laughs> by the way, I, we haven't brought up bears in a while. We had a bear destroy one of our soccer balls. Uh. I, I'm sure of this. Because we kick them down the hill. We don't go get them because they're in the woods, and it's just too hard. But then all the leaves fell, so now we could see them, and we went and got them. One of them was just mauled, and I think a bear took it from the slopey, grassy part of our yard and just destroyed it. Does that seem <laughs> well, like a hopefully. real thing? Uh, I mean, there's yeah, punctures I, I in it.
1: See, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. you, yeah. See, you see like, videos of bears like playing with hammocks and yeah, bushes yeah. and things like that so yeah, i could see them like finding a ball and playing with it for a minute and then exactly terrorizing it. my family
0: <laughs> that's what they do
1: well that's that's cool that's cool to see them uh i don't know work at something and it really is yeah because yeah. it's,
0: it's hard to it has been very hard to get kids like because when, when i first approached it six months ago maybe i wanted to get him to start trying to juggle every day and like i know i get really motivated about that kind of thing now like the idea of finding a little 10 minute day habit and just going for it and seeing what happens in three or six months as a result of that tiny little effort each day Mm -hmm. um that is exciting to me even when there's no reward i don't mean like extrinsic reward as far as like a prize but like even when i don't have a reason to want to juggle a soccer ball i've kind of enjoyed trying to do that each day just to learn how to do it but what i had to learn was that he like that Kids don't have that. They they don't really, for the most part, have that sense that if you just keep doing this tiny little thing that's kind of annoying in the short term, feels inconsequential, inconse- then it actually adds up. So that has been quite a challenge, and uh, the the actual prizes thing has seemed to help with that. So anyway, it's been it has been quite a fun part of the journey.
1: Do you think that that's because they don't see how such a small amount of effort could have a big? result in big gains or do you think it's just that like you know as a kid it's hard to practice something that's hard
0: right i don't know which of those it is i think i think it is both of those things i'm not sure i think they don't have the perspective because it's it's really hard to have that perspective even as even as an adult sure like it just until you've kind of experienced it with something for me it was running bobby that really taught me it at first uh it's hard to believe that you're going to get better because I remember we tried this the first time. We had these little ten footwork type drills we were doing, and I said, "Look, isn't this fun? You're, you're getting better." And he's like, "I don't see that I'm getting better." He said, I, "I know I'm doing the exercises, but I don't see how this is helping me." Mm-hmm. And that was a week or two into it, and I was like, "Yeah, but it will. It'll add up over over a few months." So I, it's definitely that, but I think also kids, there's that there's that short term pain versus long term pleasure thing, and uh, often the 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 short term pleasure wins out over over right right short term pain so that's been well, fun
1: interesting that's cool yes let's see <laughs> so, <laughs> i mentioned
0: ru- i mentioned running which is a good uh segue into our topic today
1: yeah we're gonna talk a little about running which we haven't done in a while I'm gonna be back to running maybe in, maybe in a negative light maybe uh, some maybe
0: i may bring some anti-running sentiment
1: <clears throat> yeah you know i don't know we'll we'll have to see this could be this could be a big debate between you and me <laughs> it could, could, get, could, could be. get pretty nasty <laughs> maybe
0: <laughs> this might be the last episode we ever do <laughs> yeah
1: so uh i got a little story before we get into that good okay um so yesterday i was i was um working the polls i was handing out sample ballots um am i allowed mm-hmm. to say what what party i i, I think I, people uh, probably know what party you <laughs> 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 i was out, I was handing out sample democratic ballots and, and information on the on the democratic candidates that are local here and okay. you know oftentimes when you go to vote there's like the democrat person and then there's the republican person doing the exact same thing mm. and so mm-hmm. you know i was out there for a couple hours and and this so
0: hold like, on sample ballot would just say here's how we want you to vote
1: yeah it would, it would have like it'd be the ballot but pre-filled in with the democrats so that you could then copy it over when you go to actually vote
0: okay i see
1: yeah but you know so it's it's uh it's mostly helpful on on um races that don't have like (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 on races that don't have um party affiliation next to the names so that ah okay so that you can Mm -hmm. if you don't know anything about like sure whatever yeah or and we had we had a bunch of constitutional amendments here well does the
0: democratic party always have a stance on every amendment like do not amend is that like the the default or 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 do i don't know that much about that sorry but like do who, who decides this is how we stand on this amendment or is it just always every every issue is is clearly bipartisan or that's the wrong word opposite of bipartisan
1: yeah um well i mean you know i think that the party I yeah, I would I don't know if I would say always, but certainly with the the six that we had this year, the party voted, you know, to like internally decided how, what their stance was on that, on that issue. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they recommend you, you, you vote for.
0: I see. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. But part of, you know, big thing what I was doing out there was trying to educate people, you know, cause a lot of people come in and they don't really, haven't really heard, heard about the amendments or don't know about it. So, you know, like talk them through with people because, you know, honestly, like I 100% want people to think for themselves and to, um, you know, to think through, I'd re- much rather somebody vote, uh, you know, have the information and, and vote, mm-hmm. you know, opposite of what I'm saying and le- instead of just not yeah. having any I like, information. I wrong. like that attitude.
0: I think we need more yeah. of that
1: attitude. But that's what, so that's what was amazing. So I was out there for several hours and people were like trickling in, you know, it's like a steady flow of people, but it was never like we were, we were rushed or anything like that. Um, and so I just, I had this like Republican counterpart and we just started chatting up and started, you know, talking about the amendments and then talking about a bunch of things going on in the political environment right now. And, um, and it was like this, it was like the best conversation I've had with anybody in a really long time, especially somebody who I disagree with on a lot of things on pretty much everything. Uh Um, but we like listened to each other and we talked it out and like, I think that we both kind of. Came to understand the other person a little bit better, and it was just wow. like I was like, "Why are people not doing this? Why are people not talking to each other? Not just in politics, but like this whole paleo yeah. vegan thing or running versus non-running, <laughs> you know, like
0: or Reagan just, Gorbachev, like, or uh, Reagan- <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like why are people just not talking to each other?" And that it's just it's just yeah, that's that is me. a great that is a very good
0: point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know the answer. Why don't people talk? So, right. And
1: then when they do talk, they you know we just yell at each other. And, you know
0: what the problem is? Social media. I think you're I right.
1: Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's no, really no. I'm serious. Because I think you I can, know. Like you can, you can, you can say whatever you want to and get away with it on social media.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it just gets people so fired up and onto one side or the other, and no one's talking to each other face to face anymore.
0: I know. I think we should outlaw social media. <laughs> All the power should be in a few hands. Few people control the information that flows out.
1: <laughs> no 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 what i'm saying i don't know anyway I don't i'm glad know. anyway well, i'm like I'm, I'm fired up for debates for mm-hmm. discussions and so i'm glad we're we're gonna have this and i think it's gonna get yeah it's gonna stay civil but we're gonna we're gonna get our points across here <laughs> i don't even know we're gonna get a talk no about i don't this. think we even are gonna debate we, we were
0: trying to figure out ideas for what to talk about today and we wanted to do a fitness thing but we said i mean my my thing recently is that i've been doing this muay thai which is a martial art kind of kickboxing thing. And I've really enjoyed it. And it's so different from running. Um, in fact, it's not that it's so different from running. For me, it is the only thing I've ever really done. The only sport I've ever seriously pursued as an adult is running. So to be in something where and I wouldn't say I'm seriously pursuing yet, but I've, I've been three, four weeks now of going almost every day, and I'm really into it. Um, it's like opened my eyes, like, wow, there's this whole world of fitness that isn't running. <laughs> and that's been really interesting. So um, we wanted to figure out a way to talk about those differences. But what we ultimately decided on was like kind of what we wanted to discuss what running has taught us about different sports. Or sort of running's role among other sports and other ways you can be fit. Is that right? Yeah. So we need to think of a better title than that. So hopefully <laughs> yeah. by the time you hear this episode, you will have seen a better title than that. Uh-huh. But yes. Anyway. Um so the reason I've been thinking about it is because i I still have some thoughts of running a hundred mile race next fall. I've been talking about it with my friends. Actually, we haven't talked about it again since I last mentioned it. Um, But it's still a year away, so there's time. Um, And so I keep trying to think about how that fits into this. And and I know it does, because some of the people who train at this gym uh, do go and run on different days. Um, And I have this trip coming up. My family's going to go to Spain again, and I'm not going to be able to do the training that by then I will have done for, you know, five or six weeks straight. And i'm pretty much gonna be left with running I mean, i'll probably do a few things certainly some stretching because i mentioned before my flexibility is terrible mm-hmm. uh, which is a, the result of you know 10 15 years of only running as my fitness habit and then a bunch of years where i didn't do much of anything um so i don't have any flexibility but i work on that kind of stuff maybe maybe push-ups planks whatever i can do some of that but for the most part running is gonna be my my fitness and i thought you know that's pretty cool that i know how to run uh It won't be this hard thing because I do run, you know, a couple times a week just kind of to keep it up here. Um, But it's nice that like when I can't do this other thing, I can actually try to run every single day for two weeks or whatever I end up doing. And it just kind of got me thinking about things and and my level of excitement for this, which is so much greater than I had have had about running since, you know, probably since qualifying for Boston. Like, honestly, even the, the ultra marathons didn't have me taking a whole lot of extra steps when i wasn't running uh to make sure i was totally ready for my next run like i'm doing with this so that it just kind of occurred to me how different a mindset it is from the the rut that i was sort of stuck in so that's that's kind of what we want to talk about um and and kind of running space And, and is that is it a bad thing that running leaves you sort of equipped for running and with endurance but without a lot of functional practical strength in other areas or flexibility um is is running only good when it's combined with you know a more of a, a weight training and full body sort of routine um or the times when running is is just is all you need and or is that oh for some people is, is running all you need because it it is the thing that keeps you active and, and that's good enough so you know i think we'll we'll just touch on all that stuff yeah i think that's good so where should we jump off, Doug? What do you what do you what are your thoughts on all this?
1: Well, I mean, you. What one thing I was thinking about when you were, when you were, when you were talking there was uh, about how running really does. If you know, if you're training for a marathon, and you know, like you were for Boston, or or if I'm training to get you know a fast marathon or a fast ultra or anything like that, um, you know, for the most part, the best thing you can do is run more. You can, you know, very few people will hit their max running, you know, their max mileage uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a certain day or a certain week. Um, so the more you can run, the, oftentimes the better shape you're going to be in to, to finish that race. Um, you know, of course, you have to be smart about it but and strategic about the type of running, but, you know, generally more miles is a better thing.
0: Yeah. So people are probably wondering, well, why not cross training? And the answer is what... Cross training's role, really, I mean, this is what like the run less, run faster program mm-hmm. was based on. Is that when you hit that point where you really can't run much more or anymore without your risk of injury increasing a whole lot because of just overuse, um, you can still find ways to get your heart rate up, and you know, you get a nice side effect of working other muscles uh, by doing cross training. And I think that's largely the philosophy of cross training. I guess you could argue that like strength training as cross training is a little bit different. You're trying to build muscles that will help you with running. That maybe running wouldn't build on its own quite as much, um, but yeah, I think I think it seems to me maybe not universal, but but largely agreed upon that if you can run more without injury, you should run more instead of doing something else. Yeah, if your goal is to be a, as good a runner as you can.
1: Right. If your goal is is running only, you know. Right. But but what that does is that ends up you know running while it seems like a full body exercise, it's really isolating a, just a small group of muscles. And, uh, you know, those will get really strong and you'll be able to run fast and long and everything. But, you know, as soon as you're trying to do pull-ups or as soon as you're, you know, running an obstacle course, something like that, it's, uh, you know, you just realize how weak you are everywhere else, pretty much (laughs) even muscles within your legs and your hips and things that are getting worked, um, through running, you know, all those other muscles that are around them that aren't, um, getting strength from that really repetitive motion of of running that really repetitive stride are oftentimes quite weak right if you don't do any sort of additional exercise and and i think that i think it's hard for a lot of runners to understand that or to admit that i mean i certainly had a hard time admitting that for a long time um thinking that i was pretty strong and pretty fit and then i would go do this like half-hour strength workout or 20-minute strength workout that, you know, that we right. had for the strength blueprint, you know, that was like a basic, very basic beginner strength workout. And it was kicking my butt, <laughs> you know. Right. And it's like, it's, you know, I just run 100 miles. <laughs> yeah. Struggling it, it, to do this.
0: Right. And running 100 miles, it, it, that to me is, I mean, I guess you could make different arguments here, but you're running on trails and you're doing a lot of climbs and you're, you're not taking the exact same step every time Mm -hmm. because you are running on trails and they're all different. Um, so, you know, you're not the most extreme example of a runner who has only developed a very few, a very specific set of muscles. Um, so yeah, I think that is a, that's a great point. And I've heard it before. I've heard that like when a runner shows up at CrossFit, it's all, I don't know where I read this or what it was, but it was like that it's almost a joke, a running joke of the CrossFit community that when a runner shows up and thinks they're kind of in shape, like you said, they just get their butt kicked. They're just terrible mm-hmm. because they can't do any of these functional lifts, uh, or very few of them, because they they're not about that. They haven't they haven't trained their legs other than that exact one motion over and over. Right. So, um, yeah, and I think that's really interesting. I mean, it, it's sort of like what I don't know. It it depends. Like, if running is your only goal, then why would you train the other stuff? Right. You shouldn't.
1: Yeah. So I guess like the question is is that a bad thing? And right. Um, And I kind of think, so I kind of think it is for two reasons. This is, you know, and and this is coming from the runner perspective because I'm still very much consider myself a runner. And that's by far my favorite activity, uh, Mm -hmm. exercise and and activity. So, um, but I do think it's a bad thing for two reasons. Because I think that, I think that runners in general neglect some sort of basic core and hip strength work that, and, and upper body strength work that isn't like building big muscle mass or anything like that. But I think that if we were focusing more on that, just uh, on a small scale, then we would actually be better runners. So, you know, in that Mm -hmm. sense, you know, I think that uh, even if you haven't maxed out your miles, taking 15 minutes a day or whatever to to build some very basic core strength and and back strength and glutes, Mm -hmm. then uh, you'd benefit from that. Um, So I think it's, it's bad in that, that we think that we're done with our workouts by just running. And we think that that's all we need. But I also kind of, you know, I also think it's bad long-term not to be working these extra, the, all those other muscles. I mean, I feel like you just need to, you know, to keep your body running well in the long-term. I, I, and I don't really have any studies to prove this or anything, but it just seems like you shouldn't be neglecting a, a major section of your body.
0: Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. That's a good point. Um, I think I mean if for the most part the activities you do in your daily life are walking and running and you don't do a whole lot of other stuff, um, I don't know if there's too much um, trouble caused by not developing those other muscles. Now I guess you you might deal eventually with with imbalances and things like that. Right, imbalances
1: um, and posture and all these other kind of things that. Yeah,
0: and I do think that's probably a bad thing because then they then it could cause other problems or develop problems later. Um, But other than that, like, sure, like, there's not a a reason to, I don't think, as long as you're doing some form of exercise, I think you're getting the benefits from exercise. And I don't think there's very much, if any, benefit to going further and exercising these other muscles. I guess, I mean, you you make it less likely that you will get injured in the long term doing some random activity one day. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know that. I don't know if it really matters that much aside from imbalances and things that might create problems. if you look at like like blue zones, which we've talked about many times, the type of exercise those people do is exercise that's built into their daily life, and it is stuff like gardening uh, or really just lots and lots of walking in hilly areas, where it's kind of a workout just to go walk. And so they're not they're not developing any great muscles in any particular area. They're they're developing you know very very functional strength, not with weights, um, but just developing a lot of different muscles a little bit. And I think that's as far as we know, I mean, that's that's about as good as we can say for exercise causing um, longevity. Of course, we also mentioned this thing about running itself, that people who run 30 minutes a day, I th- think three times a week, um, they also experience a longevity benefit, and that, that didn't seem to require any other sort of training or anything like that, cross-training. So mm. I don't know about uh, that, that issue you raised, but whether it is a bad thing, as far as long-term health goes, to not develop muscles other than running muscles.
1: Right. Well, I mean the you know the main benefit of exercise that thirty minutes a day or of walking or running, is cardio cardiovascular, right?
0: Yep, and I would imagine that's the both. I mean there are other things, right? There, there are structural things. There's that getting that that um, small impacts on your bones and things like that mm-hmm. that will help mm-hmm. keep them strong. Um, so there there are lots of things, and I think there's I think there's muscle stuff too, but I don't know, don't know a whole yeah. lot about that honestly. So. Um, Let's see where so we're we going to go
1: next. How is, how is, uh, so now that you've been doing Muay Thai,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how do you, like, I know you talked about being inflexible and that kind of thing, but how do you think that running had prepared you for that?
0: So it's not that easy to say because my running has been so sporadic over the past, really for over the past five years. My hundred was in 2013. So it's been five years since I really seriously consistently trained over the course of six months. Uh, lots and lots of times within those five years, I took one month or two months and said, Hey, I'm getting back into running now and I'm going to do something. Um, so it's not that I, you know, just went out of shape and I've eaten really well the whole time. Um, but it's hard to say cause I didn't go right from running or right from finishing a marathon to starting this. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I'm really, really inflexible, which I don't think, I don't think that's that running caused me to be inflexible. It's just that when I was running, there was no need to develop flexibility. Now, if you, if you are really inflexible, there are benefits as a runner to getting more flexible. But I do remember some study that Jason Fitzgerald often talked about where in a study that looked at the least flexible versus most flexible versus moderately flexible, the runners who were moderately flexible were the ones who got injured least. So there really wasn't a reason to do a whole lot of, you know, stretching for the purpose of increasing your flexibility. Um so I didn't do it. You know, I I did it for as an injury prevention thing when I was really serious about that but didn't do that. And then took all this time off where I obviously wasn't going to be doing stretching. Um, so that's, that's been a big thing, but I I really do think my endurance has like permanently been better for having run so long. And I don't know about the science for that. We've talked very often about how, when you run, you're not just training your body and you're not just training the short-term fitness thing, but like you're training your brain to learn how to run effectively and to efficiently run your body as when you're running. Uh, and the evidence of this, which to me is entirely anecdotal and theoretical, is that if you took someone, took someone who ran ultra marathons or a marathon, and then you know someone like me, and then had them stop running for the most part for several years, and then said, "Okay, today go run ten miles," they they would manage to get it done. I think I don't think it would be the worst day of their life that they had to go out there and <laughs> run ten miles. Right. Whereas if you took someone who had never done any running and you said, "Okay, today go run ten miles, you have to do it," they're gonna their body's gonna be devastated from that activity if they're not someone who has kept themselves in great shape or something right um and so i think that's just it's not a fitness thing it's just that you've learned how to run and your body can do it fairly efficiently so i don't know how quite that applies here because i'm not running i'm not going through that running motion um and i've always really suspected that that diet and eating really well um has preserved a lot of that i don't have any evidence for you know scientific reason for why that would be true um but really since i've been eating really clean diet. I've always been surprised that when I come back from a long break off of exercise or fitness, that it doesn't feel impossibly hard, like I kind of remember it feeling in the old days before I ate well. Um, So who knows, I've kind of often chalked that up to maybe just getting better at running. But this has given me a reason to think maybe it's more about diet, because I've been uh, I've been done really well with with keeping up with these hour long, you know, fitness workouts where there's it's just it's just basically 30 second and minute long intervals for the entire hour. And, you know, I don't I don't die after 20 minutes. I've been able to kind of the first week I did, but then I then things like things picked up. So I think in that way to tell me, I think I think the whole this one's not specifically a running thing, but it does come up a lot with running and maybe not as much with other sports. Um, The learning how to not quit thing like that's, you know, I think if you're new to fitness entirely, it's really easy to be 10 minutes into something and kind of have like a flight or fight response happening where you're you almost become fearful you're saying wow this is really miserable and then there's this huge story in your head about how horrible this is and that's all you can think about is when can i stop and then eventually you just stop because you just can't take anymore but i think running teaches you that like when that happens that's that's only the very beginning of what you have like you you know you, you might be able to go for an hour when you're tired for 10 minutes after 10 minutes um and with running you learn how to Moderate your pace and control things, and make sure that you can keep going longer. But I, in general, you learn how to not quit, even though it is painful. And I think that's also done a whole lot. I think that just kind of kept me able to to do this. These things that, that were really hard the first week, but but really got uh, doable after that.
1: Yeah, do you, I mean that's interesting because you know I think that one of the big what one of the big things that people experience when they train for their first. I don't know, ten k or half marathon or whatever their first running race is. Uh, if they've never trained for anything like that before, is exactly that how how to how to approach training when it's not always fun and it's and it's going to get hard, you know. And the when running mm-hmm. is not fun that day, or for maybe if you're just starting to run, it might not be fun for the first six weeks, you know. Um, and having the mental strength to keep going. And also, I think the kind of the structure that you get from a, a training cycle of consistency and, you know, having some sort of routine involved in your your fitness and stuff like that. All, for a lot of people, that's this is the first time that they're doing something like that. And I think that it, it keeps you if you can make it through that with with something like a 10K or a half marathon, then pretty much any time you go to any other sport, you know, you can take that with you and take those lessons with you.
0: Right. Right. Another thing that that reminds me of is that you know i the running taught me how to eat too and and nutritionally like how do you mm. how do you eat before a workout and after a workout and again i don't i don't try i don't go over the top anymore like in my boston qualifying days i did every detail i possibly could i made sure that i got that right nowadays it's it's not that but i i know the 80 20 of it and i do the the 20 of things that really make a difference and those the rest of it that doesn't make that much difference i maybe don't do that or maybe i do if i'm feeling inspired but um I think just that basic knowledge of learning how to eat and you learn that when you when you run because that's that's like the other side of it there's the there's the training and then there's the recovery i suppose that's true of all sports but i don't know listeners could could tell us if we're being unfair here and, and giving too much of a um benefit of a doubt to running but i feel like just the way that works the training cycle when you're building up to race day um you kind of learn how that works, right? You get your run in and you can't really do anything else to improve your running until two days from now or tomorrow, uh, except for recovery. And you can do that. And then you learn to do those things. So I think that sort of structure, um, is just something it's really great to have learned that and have done that. And that happened as a result of running. So, um, I don't know, I suppose there are other sports that do that. Like Certainly if you're into bodybuilding or CrossFit or one of those Weight training sports, um then the recovery is a definitely an aspect that people focus on a whole lot. But I don't know about something like soccer, right? Like I, I just don't. where well, you play one game a week, and you probably don't train as an adult. Like you don't really. There's no team practices in a in a recreational soccer league for adults. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there is that mentality. I think a lot of people that, and I know a lot of people who say man, like this, this soccer game is the only exercise I did all week. And every time I do it, I feel gas and I tell myself I'm going to run a couple times, but then I don't. And I come back. So you just do that one thing a week. And there's there's none of that emphasis on structure. And, and when you're done working out, you recover. Uh, and you try to get as many of those little mini cycles in there as you can per week. Uh, I don't know, running, running has that going for it, which I think is awesome. I mean, obviously, triathlon training would and like I said, any of those other weight training sports, um, they would have that as well. But you know i don't think I don't think disc golf would have that mentality, not <laughs> the dick on disc golf, neither would
1: soccer yeah, no no i, I think you're right about that um but I, you know, but at the same time, like, I think that you experienced this uh when you first started playing soccer, and I might be wrong about this, but you certainly experienced it now, where once you started, if you got really motivated about it, then then you do start training and you start doing other things and kind of falling back on running as your default. You know, kind of side side training.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not totally sure what you mean, but like, yes, I definitely did that. I don't know that everyone does that.
1: Yeah, um, like a lot of people don't do that, probably. Right, but.
0: right. But yeah, but if, if you're that type who gets into something and you want to get better at it, then then yes, you you build in the extra. You start working on it yourself. What did you mean though by the running being your default or your side training?
1: Well, I mean, like like if you're doing so if you got into soccer. Or even this Muay Thai, right? I mean, you know, it's you've you've mentioned that it has inspired you to start running more again because you want to get fitter, and you just are feeling energized about exercise, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's like, oh, I, I want to go do something active, but I'm at my house. You know, why don't I why don't I lace my shoes up and go for a run? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Absolutely.
0: So, to me, that. Um... I don't know. I guess I, I don't want to just assert that running's role should be the supplemental activity that you always do in the background to build your endurance. The cross-training for your real sport. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I no, no. <laughs> don't mean real. I mean the cross-training for your primary sport. But I don't want to assert that because I I I. The the reason I am, I guess that I first go to that, that I'm tempted to make that assertion, is that what I remember about running was the part where I kind of felt like I understood how to do it and the initial thrill of that whole Boston journey and the huge goal and all that stuff that was passed and I was now into ultra running and certainly 50 miles and 100 miles became goals in themselves uh, especially the 100 but it was different um they they didn't have that same feel of this just one thing that like just all the time was driving me to make the right decisions um alcohol we haven't mentioned alcohol this episode but that's that's been a big one like for me when i know i have this workout at nine in the next morning i'm not that tempted to drink i'd rather just get to bed early and like and when i say drink i mean have a daily one drink but um i'd rather get to bed early and wake up feeling great the next day and wake up early the next day rather than spend that last hour enjoying a beer um and I had that mentality, I had that feeling with, with trying to qualify for Boston, but I, once I got into ultra running, I didn't anymore. Then ultra running, it just became this kind of laid back form of, of running, and you don't have to make it that way, but I did. And um, it, didn't, it didn't drive me to make really great decisions all the time because it was this guiding light in my life. Um, but if I'm being fair to running, I have to include that whole Boston training period when... I was totally motivated and I did all, I did lots of cross training stuff. I did the core endurance thing. I had those bands. I did push-ups. I did all kinds of stuff. And going back to that thing, you mentioned a few episodes about feeling like an app, feeling like an athlete again. Yeah. Um, I was doing all that stuff. And I, what also, what was really interesting about that is that I, when I was training really hard, like I felt like my upper body got in shape. Like I got some of the benefits you, I would expect you to get only from weight training, uh, from doing track workouts. Cause that's, that's a much different, you're engaging a lot more of your body when you do a workout where you're sprinting. Sure. uh compared to one where you're just going at easy pace all the time so when i was getting all of that stuff happening at once and it required a lot of focus all the time to really because it was hard to be ready for the next workout during the, especially that final training cycle when i before i did qualify um I, I remember it just was like i'd finish one workout and be like okay i have 48 hours till the next one i need to do everything i possibly can to make sure i'm ready to do that again because i know how hard it's going to be and that feeling that was fun and that was that was uh i don't know it felt to me, and, and even still i feel like when that's what running is to you that's that's all you need i don't think you need other stuff um i just haven't felt that with running in a long long time and this is this is getting me back to that again
1: okay so i want to see and we we'll have a true or false statement for you but uh, <laughs> before be, before we get to that i think we should pause for a second to thank our, our sponsor
0: this episode of No Made Athlete Radio is brought to you by Myro. Myro delivers a natural, great smelling deodorant. They keep it natural with a custom blend of essential oils that release over time to keep you fresh, as well as barley powder to keep you dry. There's nothing toxic. 0% aluminum and 0% parabens, which are common in deodorants, and the ingredients are clinically tested for safety and function.
1: Here's how it works. First you'll choose your scent and the color of your case. Then you'll get a refresh every three months delivered straight to your door, conveniently timed when most people would run out. And you can always switch scents, press pause, or stop at literally any time you want. I've been trying out Myro recently and have been really pleasantly surprised that it actually keeps me dry. I've never had any luck with natural deodorants, but Myro seems different. I'm testing the Cabin Number no. Five scent, which has this subtle woodsy scent to it. Nothing overpowering, but you know, I think it fits my personality pretty well. Plus the refillable case reduces plastic waste by about 50% versus a typical drugstore deodorant, which definitely makes me happy.
0: Doug, would you say what happens in Cabin 5 stays in Cabin 5?
1: <laughs>
0: Thanks to Myro for supporting No Meat Athlete. To receive 50% off your first order for only a $5 total purchase with the discount, visit mymyro.com slash meat. That's M Y M Y R dot com slash nomeat and use promo code nomeat.
1: Okay, so true or false, Matt, <laughs> would you say that, you know, unless you're, unless you're like at an uber elite level and you have very, very focused training in whatever sport you're doing, would you say that pretty much any athlete could benefit for, from training for like a half marathon or going through a full, like training cycle for a half marathon or a marathon or something like that?
0: Uh, I would call that false. You'd call that false. I, I just think there's too much. It's hard to train for a half marathon. If you've never done that before, it's hard it's especially hard to train for a marathon and the hardest part is not those those runs four times a week or whatever you're doing it's that long run and the mileage build up Mm -hmm. so to me that is like if you're if your primary focus is a different sport and you don't care about running at all but you're looking for some way to boost your endurance or maybe maybe learn some of that training mentality feeling that we talked about before um I mean, I just, if you could get that by training for a 5k or 10k, I'd say that's great. Go for it. Um, some people can't get that. I'm one of them. I never could get excited about those distances, but marathon, that was really exciting. Right. Um, but it just requires a ton of, uh, I guess, injury risk from overuse Mm -hmm. and focus and energy that kind of goes into that weekend long run. Uh, that I would say that if, if running is not your goal, then there's really no reason to put forth that kind of effort, uh into running like i'd train for a 5k or 10k yeah but i think it's great if you're excited to do it then of course then then it's it's great it's fun i love it but i don't think most athletes need that now just could they benefit from doing the your weekly workouts that you do on a marathon training regimen i i think probably if you don't have something else to do that day Mm -hmm. like as a as a form of cross training i think it's i think it's a pretty good one yeah i don't know what do you think
1: yeah. I mean, I think you're right. You know, I would have, if you would asked me the question, I probably would have said false as a blanket statement, but you know, but I do think that, <clears throat> um, I do think that in general, most people could benefit from going through something like that and w- of what they learn physically and, and mentally and how they can apply that to their sport. You know, I, I guess I, I want to go back a little bit to your kind of somewhat implying that running is better as a unless you're super motivated by it it's better as a supplemental sport than your main thing than Mm -hmm. a main sport and and i i you know i think that we're that that's belittling running too much i mean i think that even if you're not like 100 percent in on Boston marathon training or something like that but i don't think it's i don't think it's a bad you know just kind of daily grind activity i mean it's certainly better than nothing
0: right and for me, and probably for you, and for a ton of people, it it is the thing that you do instead of doing nothing, <laughs> and that's really great. And and I, you know that that's kind of how I started getting it. well, it's not how I started because I did some weight training and stuff, but like running is what really got me to be serious about fitness. So, I think it's really great for that, and I think it's also really great for like I, as during my time as a runner, especially that time post Boston Marathon, I went through a lot of periods when I just didn't want to really wasn't that motivated about anything fitness wise but I could keep up running and I could just keep doing that that half hour or forty minutes and it wasn't all quality miles often it was just very slow pace sometimes I was probably even at the junk mile pace where you're you know working kind of hard but you're not working as hard as you could be and you're not going easy enough to really call it a recovery day um, but yeah i think I think you can get like in a negative way you can call that a rut. In a positive way you can call that like your autopilot your default like you can go do your run and it can be your it could be your mental health activity as well and you can listen to something valuable and you know it, it like we talk about habits we talk about habits being something that you want to be automatic where it doesn't take any effort to do it and mostly when we talk about habits we're i think we're not even talking about habits we're talking about um i don't know rituals or things that that we know take effort every time to do them but we try to get ourselves to we lower all the resistance we can and we just try to make it so it's not that much effort to do it uh but running is something that man like you can when i never was really at this point but a lot of runners get to the point where they they need that and they want that and if they're missing it then something is wrong with their day and that's that's automatic to me like that means you're gonna do it no matter what and uh it just seems like it's a type of activity that's kind of easy to compared to other activities other fitness activities of similar benefit it's pretty easy to turn running into a habit that you actually just do day in day out. And uh that's that's really great. And there are a lot of activities that are better that are like that. And then it comes as we said with all these other benefits that uh are for your head, really. Mhm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it is uh you know to I don't know. It's just so much it's so much easier than I don't know. Like soccer drills just sound so boring to me. You know, or, yeah, or like, I don't know. I mean, you know, going to the gym sounds complicated, or going for a ride every day, you know, to really get to work out, you get it, it just seems like it'll take so much longer.
0: Yeah. So I think that's, I'm really glad you mentioned that because that has been something that's been through my head recently. Uh, I listened to Brendan Brazier was on Rich Rolls podcast a long time ago, 2000. Fourteen. The nice thing about being in a different house every single year that you live somewhere uh, is all you have to do is think about what house you were in when this happened, and then you know exactly what year was. Um, so, 2014, Brendan Brazier was Look on at Rituals podcast. Mentioning
1: the Ritual podcast two weeks. I in know row. twice in a row, yeah. and I'm
0: and I'm going deep into the into the archives like for this one. It. I like it. I like it. Uh, Brendan Brazier was on there, and he said something about how he was recently he was into activities that required him to to be a beginner because what he had read somewhere was that when you're a beginner at something, your perception of time actually slows down. So he was saying how he was kind of getting older older being, I guess, then maybe entering his forties. Um, and then he was kind of looking for things that would, that would be, would have him as, as a beginner again, so that he could just, you know, enjoy a slower perception of time and feel the years not passing by so quickly. Um, I don't know if that is exactly what i am getting out of muay thai but i'm realizing how much i how valuable it is to be a total beginner at something and how much fun it is to be that total beginner and get to experience um very quick and intense amounts of learning and improvement uh and you get to witness it happening and we've talked about this plenty we've talked about how you do eventually hit a plateau and then that's when most people quit and that's the dip and that's when it's very easy to quit, but it's also the dumbest thing in the world to quit. Because if you were going to quit, then you should have not started at all. <laughs> um, so I you, mean, you decide either you're going to you're going to stick through that, or you're not going to start at all, rather than wasting the effort to get to that point. But this goes back to what we talked about last week, Doug, which is the discussion about like you were saying when you lived in D.C., you didn't really do a whole lot of hobbies. You did running, mm-hmm. but you didn't do a lot of things that um, we could describe as as. I don't have the word for it, but something other than just pleasure in the moment, right? The pleasure of going to meet friends at a bar um, for happy hour or whatever. You didn't have a lot of like hobbies where you were actively learning something new, which is fine. And I'm not judging that. And neither are you, I don't think Um, there are times when that's, that's what you're into. And that is totally cool. But we kind of said like, is that, is that a problem? Is it, is it better? Can we universally say it is better to have some habits where you're actively learning stuff and where you're a beginner again, where you are you're expanding your, self in that way um because you're forced to learn new things and adapt to new things and this to me has i I realized just in this past week just how enjoyable that is that feeling is when you can get it and it's not always that easy to get Um, but i know when i was in this running rut that i called a running rut i i think so much of the problem now that i've had this experience was that i kind of i got to the point where i didn't really consider that there could be newness and new activities and being a beginner again because running you know I, I knew what running was now and i could change the distance and i could try different things i have plenty of blog posts about how to shake up your running routine and you know do 15 different ways you could do things um but they were all none of those was kind of throwing you into the deep end and saying okay figure it out yeah uh and it's easy to avoid that it's easy to get in that rut because like you just said it seems like a whole lot of work to get started with a fitness routine at the gym or to you know, learn a bunch of soccer drills. Um, yeah, it's a whole lot of work and it's, it, kind of seems boring or it seems overwhelming and undoable at first. Um, but I think, I think when you, when you get it, when you find the right thing that you're actually motivated to get into the benefits to that, just to your overall well being and happiness, I just feel like so much better having gotten into all this, uh, than I did before. And I can very clearly, you know, or very confidently say that I just know how my mood has been since then versus before then. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said there, I, I think you have to be motivated because like it, like you said, doing soccer drills is boring if you don't care about soccer. And if you don't have, if there's something, not something in you that says, wow, I really want to get better at soccer, um, then of course the soccer drills are going to be boring and they're going to be pointless and you're never going to tap into that, all the good things that come from being a beginner at something because you're not going to care. Right. So anyway, I think that's, I don't know, that's, that's what I've learned that at least I was, I don't want to say doing wrong, but that, that I was kind of, forgot about with with running i I kind of started to think running was that running equaled fitness anything else was kind of pointless like why would i go start a weightlifting routine uh or learn a brand new sport when i already know so much about running and can do that so well relatively speaking to my own abilities um why would i go start a new thing like it seems like kind of a waste not not the most efficient use of my fitness energy but i think there's a lot of benefit i've learned that there's a whole lot of benefit that comes from just just being willing to be a pure beginner again at something.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right about that. I think that's also kind of why trail running has gotten so popular and ultra running and, um, and, you know, even things like obstacle course racing, you know, all these kind of things where people have been running for a while for fitness, they probably lost, you know, some motivation. Maybe they ran a race at some point and now they're just kind of like, in their rut where they still might be running but then then there's these other kind of ways to change up your running yeah. I mean, for back of, for lack of a better term you know to try something new that you are you know i mean it might be a big shift from if you're only a road runner to to now trail running like the you know the running part of it might say be somewhat similar but it, it'll feel a lot different you'll feel like a beginner again
0: yep i think that is Really true, uh, I definitely experienced that myself when I started trail running. It was like this, you know, renaissance as far as running went, as far as like what was, it just seemed like this new total like badass activity because you're all dirty and this was all the stuff that you to- you would never run through streams before, but now you just run right through them. And you don't care that you're muddy and that's part of it. It, you know, just totally different. And for me that, that lasted, I don't know, for a year or two of like really being interested in training run- trail running and then eventually, it kind of it kind of came back to like that. Just got um, you know included in in what I considered running, and then it wasn't interesting anymore. Yeah. So I think I think you're right. For me, that that wasn't quite enough. But like the there's other stuff, right? You said the was it the Tough Mudder where they do all those other things?
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like the, there's the other ones that are like I think Tough Mudder's just are five Ks that like have fire and stuff, but. Um, <laughs> You know, there's other ones that are, are more endurance, like athleticism focused. That, um, right? And I don't, I don't really know the difference between all of them. But you know, but some, I mean, like people like are doing 24 hour events on an obstacle course. Yeah, which is like super intense. You know?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I do think some. Like, I was thinking about this as well because I was wondering. Do you remember that I started martial arts? I went to the dojo where my son went. Yep. Um, I don't know, a year ago probably. Mm-hmm. And I got into it, and it was fine, and I enjoyed it, and I went maybe three times a week for eight weeks or something, and I was I liked it, but I stopped because I got busy. But like if I got busy now, it wouldn't stop me from going to this morning. There's a totally different level of engagement that I am feeling with it, and as I said, just you know doing the stretching, doing the eating, all the just all this, it's kind of taken over my life, which I love that feeling, and I know it won't last forever, but um, I didn't I didn't ever have that with this other thing, and I, and what I have wondered is if it's like the level of badassery or hardcoreness of it that for some reason to me is really exciting and inspiring. Cause that is, that has never been my personality and it just feels like something totally different. And I think trail running was the same way. It was just like when I first was introduced to it, I was like, wow, this doesn't seem right. Like this is too dirty <laughs> and not like, this isn't what running is uh-huh. has been so yeah. far. And it just, it was like, wow, I feel like a badass doing this. And I think, I think for me, that has been a big motivator. Um, I don't know if that's I don't think that's a universal thing. It's probably just for me that that is exciting because it's not it's not my typical nature. Um But I, I also think there's like I, I've gotten because this is so much harder than that class was like that one was much more about the tradition and doing the right things and you bow in and you do all that. Like we don't we don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> not to knock that stuff, because I think that's cool. And I thought when I first started, I was like, wow, this is good. I like meditation, I like that kind of stuff. Um this is gonna be a good fit. But it turned out that this other one has been a much better fit and i i think some of it has to come from the fact that it is so difficult and this is something i didn't really get with running i mentioned that i kind of did in that when i did track workouts but i don't i haven't had a sport where you really notice physical benefits and i don't just mean like you're able to do it better but like your appearance changes like i've i've never gotten in shape so quickly uh as doing this like even when i would do go to the gym like i didn't get in shape the way i'm getting in shape now at least
1: bigger matt yeah i'm getting way stronger you i haven't, from seen, it, you. I haven't sure. seen you in a few weeks am i gonna notice something when i look at you
0: uh i don't think so unless we unless we do a shirtless uh, podcast episode yeah. and then, <laughs> which i think a lot of reasons we shouldn't do that that just seems kind of
1: <laughs> might be good for our youtube channel
0: <laughs> or it might be really bad for the channel <laughs> yeah, that's true. It might be terrible. <laughs> um our youtube channel which which of course exists right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway um, but here's what's interesting. I know I know CrossFit is a sport where you would get a benefit like that. Where you just it and and so is weight training. To me though, those those are getting better at exercising is what those sports are. And I, I don't mean to knock them, but that CrossFit has never seemed that fun to me because it just seems like you're just you're just exercising to get better at exercising and like what are you trying to do? Running, at least there's races. I guess there's CrossFit competitions and you can get into that. Um this this to me feels like it's kind of in between and there's an actual like result that you get you learn this skill of being able to defend yourself and fight and potentially enter the sport of the fighting if you wanted to um but i just i really like that it's a sport and it's something that i feel like is a fitness thing and it's fun but it also has this benefit and i didn't i can't say i really ever got that from running like like running as i said i did have times where i would notice that i was you know gaining muscle and losing fat and that was good but for the most part my running was was a struggle to make sure i didn't get too skinny so it's been really fun to have something that does what the gym always did for me—the weightlifting gym always did for me. Uh, but doing that in the context of training, and you're trying to get better at a skill—I don't know that that combination, along with the the ness of it, at least as I perceive it, it just has been exactly what I needed, and it's been it's been a really good thing.
1: Well, that's great. I'm really happy for you that you found that, and uh, and I can get that too. I, you know, I mean, the whole badassness is attractive to me to You you know, I think that that's like with trail running, like just running on a trail, you know, this like my, my, my go-to loop that I do a couple times a week. Um, you know, just like the trail that's a quarter mile from my house and it's, you know, like a kind of a cross country trail. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Like I do it because it allows me to get out for a run and i get to hit hit the dirt a little bit but it's not like super mm-hmm. exciting you know i i live right. for the for the weekend runs where i'm like up in the mountains doing something mm-hmm. that feels much more rugged and much more badass um, yeah you know that's the that's the attractive thing to me so you know i mean so like i, I understand that whole badass attractiveness thing with you're getting from Muay Thai you know mm-hmm. i think that it's just uh you know, for me, it's like I, could, I can still get that from running, and that's what, um, you know, I don't know. Everybody teach their own, right?
0: Yes, that is right. I think I, what I've identified is that for me, I was in this long fitness lull because I, I kind of forgot that doing brand new things is an option and that even if they, like you said, even if they seem like a whole lot of work and very complicated to get into, which this did because it was like a lot of resistance to go to right MMA gym. I just always thought that was like not for me. I thought that was for you know, people who were into like punching each other and getting black eyes and all that. It just, seemed, it was just like, it took a lot to fight go in club. and say, I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's really not that, I mean, in fairness, it is not that bad as it's not like going to a fight club. Um, <laughs> but it's, but it's been really cool. You so broke your rib. I may have, I think I did break my rib because it still hurts, but I'm at least able to do things, Yeah. which makes me think it's not broken since I'm actually able to do things, but we'll see. It's either bruised or broken. <laughs> um, no, but that's it, it. It was exactly what I needed, and I think I I kind of forgot, or at least didn't consider as an option, um, getting into something brand new. And I, I wish I would have been. I, nothing was uh, attractive to me and exciting me when I was in that kind of fitness rut. I guess I wish I would have gone and actually tried things, try, try more things, and just said, I wish I would have known that. Like it, maybe the difference isn't that I'm in a rut. It's just that I just need to go explore until I find something that really is interesting to me. So, I, if my advice would be, is if you are stuck like that. You know try new things and and just try a bunch and even if they don't seem exactly what you'd want um do it so that's mine but i think like you said doug like for you you didn't you don't haven't gotten that rut with running and Mm. you still get that thrill from going out in the mountains on the weekends and i think if that's what if you're experiencing that then you don't need you don't need to explore and try something like you i think even if it's not the beginner's mind idea or or feeling like a beginner and all that um you're still getting a thrill from it which which is really what I think people are missing when they get into a rut, where all they're doing is their same. That if like if you just did the route that you do, that loop that you said it doesn't do anything for you. If that was all your running was, then I'd say well, you need something else. Right. But uh, but you don't. I mean, you got this. You got that. No. Plus, you do. You have disc golf.
1: <laughs> Plus, I have disc golf. And you know, and <laughs> and I and especially when I'm training and um, you know, I, I, you know, going back to kind of where we started this conversation, um, when I'm training, I, I feel this desire to do more than just the running. And I, and I'm not talking about cross training and that kind of thing, but, you know, but to do some strength exercises and to work on my diet and to, you know, do all of the other things that you might gain from a more full body activity, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I want to do that to improve my running and to get better at, at my running. Um, right. and so, gotcha. you know, I don't know.
0: So that so what's uh this is off topic now but what is what is it that is inspiring you to get better at running like are you are you still planning that that one run you were gonna do that route thing where you push a baby stroller?
1: Well, I can't. I <laughs> don't push a baby stroller. Uh, well, I th- remember we're not gonna talk about that. Oh,
0: right. <laughs> Didn't we talk about it on the podcast? Remember we did. We amazing? talked about it on the
1: podcast, and then we decided I wasn't gonna talk about it. Oh, okay. Well, I can still ask you about it. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. Don't well, that's that's still in media. the works. Um, okay. And that's that's inspiring. And uh, and yeah, I don't know. Like I have a couple of races at the very beginning. Of the year. I've won a fifty k in January and a the forty miler in in February. And and I'm just like after after really a a spring and summer after a post race lull in training from mm-hmm. after the hundred miler last spring. Um, I'm just in general. I'm just feeling much more amped about running and um you know and trying to get in good shape for this winter and and this for next year i want to come back strong man and i want to take on that hundred miler again and i want to kick its ass and
0: okay so that's what it is
1: yeah yeah i guess that's what it is i guess that's the kind of like the longer term goal yeah
0: Mm -hmm. and then 3100 after that and then, then, the then 3100 after that
1: where you're going to come out and pace me for, <laughs> right. for 60 days
0: <laughs> and set up a little uh shop
1: yeah exactly a little pop-up shop <laughs>
0: <laughs> good all right i'm glad to hear that doug um you know it's funny this I, this is not why i asked you what your goal was it wasn't so that i could bring it back to myself and talk about it myself <laughs> um mm-hmm. but it just occurred to me that i that i don't have any goal at all and uh I have not really experienced being so motivated about something without a goal. Because like I said last episode, I don't I don't want to get into the fighting, I don't think. That doesn't seem like that fun. Uh, and there's no mark at which I point would say, like, okay, I've achieved being a, a fighter now, and I'm good. Are there,
1: like, belts and things?
0: No, this place does Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well, and in that there are belts. But in Muay Thai, there are no belts. At least the way they do it. Okay. Yeah, so I think... So really, like boxing, I mean, the, really I there
1: belts. is no way to progress other than to just... Get better. Yeah, you just no get better.
0: Way. And I think, and if you get into the fights, then of course there is a way to progress. And then you can right. move through different, I think, through different classes. I don't know. But uh yeah, so that is interesting. I don't know. Suddenly I wonder why I'm doing it <laughs> <What> you, <laughs> no, is this podcast going to ruin it for you? <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, no. Yeah. no, I mean, I think that's a good, you know, I mean, kind of like what we were talking about last week, of course, about, you know, having hobbies just for the sake of having a hobby. Right. You know, I think that's I think right. it's awesome that you're doing this. And and you know, who knows, like when you get back from Spain, you know, it might not be that Muay Thai gets you all fired up again, but this whole experience ha- yeah. has gotten you fired up for yep. fitness. And and then that hundred miler or that uh, I don't know, some other completely random activity, soccer or whatever. Yep, you know, is I think that's quite like likely, as, you know, Yeah. Yep. Cool, good. All right. Well, then I think this is a good place to stop. Yeah, I think so, too.
0: Okay. Well, then this turned out all right.
1: <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think it did. If you're still listening, right. I hope you did, too. All yeah, right.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. And we'll be back next week. Sounds good. All, all right. Everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.